the quality of animal drinking water has been historically overlooked in production systems. The good news is that that's changing, and more attention is starting to be paid on-farm to water quality and quantity. Welcome to Feedstuffs in Focus, our podcast, taking a look at the big issues affecting the livestock, poultry, grain, and animal feed industries. I'm your host, Sarah Muirhead. Joining us today to share her expertise on water is Dr. Susan Watkins. Dr. Watkins is a distinguished professor emeritus from the University of Arkansas. During her 22-year career, she has assisted the poultry industry throughout the U.S. and world with identifying, quantifying, and correcting drinking water challenges. You can hear more from Dr. Watkins and other experts for free at the virtual Kemen Intestinal Health Symposium. Sessions are available for on-demand viewing now. Register and access today at www.kemen.com backslash symposium. So, Dr. Watkins, you've spent, what, two decades assisting the poultry industry in the area of water quality and quantity, and I I think it would be safe to say that you've seen a lot of change over those years. Why do you think it is today, which is good news, that producers are are increasingly recognizing the importance of good water quality? Oh, absolutely. That just puts a smile on my face to see the industry acknowledging that they're going to have to get all of their inputs as fine-tuned and as controlled and precision as they can if they're going to get realistic performance out of their production animals. And we can get the environment right. We can have the feed perfect. We can have our therapeutic products lined up to where they're helping us. But yet we still see on farms, they're not doing what they they should be doing compared to other operations and we start digging in and we're doing a um, full assessment of that water system and we're able to identify areas that need to be addressed and once they're addressed sometimes these operations may improve feed efficiency by 10 15 20 points or they may improve the consistency of the health on these farms or better weight gains or more egg numbers, just a whole myriad of opportunities that lay undiscovered just because water's out of sight, out of mind, and now it's our last frontier and and we need to really focus and get it right and have a consistent program that doesn't allow it to get away from us. We, We can stay on top of it and not have these problems. Probably just one of those things that they just really didn't think about before, right? I mean, it's just like, it's water, right? You turn on the faucet or you turn on whatever, and, and there it is, and, and it's all great. And now we got things like like biofilm and, and other common microbial issues with water and water lines that they've never even, didn't probably didn't even imagine existed. Exactly, because we want to um, think about our animal production facility water systems like our own personal water systems. And because in our homes, we have a lot of flushing of the water when we shower, when we're running washing machines and so forth, that biofilm is challenged to get and sloughed off. Well, every night in a poultry facility or swine or dairy or whatever, those animals go to sleep and those systems go dormant. And if we're not maintaining a good sanitation program, that biofilm has the opportunity 
to flourish and collect food and grow. And we know that in 24 hours, one E. coli, if it's held, the system is held at 90 degrees, which would be brooding temperature, that one E. coli can become trillions in just 24 hours. So that's kind of the the challenge we don't always appreciate with biofilms is how quickly it can grow and thrive and then now become a reservoir for pathogenic organisms like wow, staph. Staph's a big one, yeah, that, that challenges us in um, on farms that we find all the time located in their water systems, or E. coli or strep or salmonella, campylobacter. The list just goes on and on and on of what has been isolated from water systems. And that's just crazy how fast they, they can multiply like that. It's crazy, but it, it's the reality of it. And, and we don't, we don't understand it. We're production people. We're not microbiologists. So we got to embrace sometimes things can change far faster than we can even imagine. Good point. So, so then how, how widespread do you think these issues are among farms? You know, I've seen operations that never have a problem. And then I see operations from the first flock and brand new facilities are constantly plagued with challenges. So it's hard to say absolutely every farm is going to be challenged or not. The thing we have to think about is how do we create an insurance policy and operations to prevent the possibility of ever having these challenges. That's how we really have to think about water sanitation is more as an insurance policy that we're preventing these issues from moving in and then becoming the gift that keeps giving in a very unproductive way. So how often do you have to go in and, and check an operation? How often do you check the, the quality um, you know, if you're in operation, how, how often would you recommend checking the quality of your water? Is that something you do on a, a monthly basis, more frequent than that, you know, every so often? What, what do you recommend there? Well, that's an excellent question, Sarah. And I think that's part of the reason that water has been such a frustration for the industry, because say, if we're getting a load of corn in at the, at the feed mill, you know, we got our moisture meter there and we're checking every load and we know what's going on. And it, it's a very consistent feed quality program or gradient quality. Now we move to water on every farm. So every farm has a unique setup, unique uh, distribution, storage, supply, what products they're using. And on top of it, they have unique health challenges going on or within those water supplies, they're going to have different nutrients, minerals, contaminants, if you will, that could also be exacerbating problems. So what I suggest to the industry, if you're starting a program, start with a, an initial assessment of all the farms, do a mineral analysis at the well, and then check for microbial, do total bacteria in addition to E. coli coliforms, at the source, and then out, look for bacteria out in the in the barns. What are the birds actually drinking? That's where it's the most important to know what's going on, because so many things can happen from source to that last drinker in that last barn. So we start with that. We get our initial information, 
And then we just take time to do a full assessment, walk from source all the way to those last drinkers and just look to see what's going on here. How is it stored? Look in those storage tanks, um, pour, you know, run water out in the anti-rooms. What's, you know, what's our gallons per minute? Do we have enough water? Are the drinkers working according to the manufacturer's recommendation for the age of the birds? Mm -hmm. And as, as we get this initial information, then we're going to know, okay, do, you know, if we're having problems on this farm and we're seeing weak points or challenge points, then we may need to check bacteria once a month. Or as we implement a water sanitation program, we may need to be confirming that X amount of chlorine is appropriate for keeping the bacteria under control. So it's kind of an evolving topic, but once we, we do that initial assessment, really get it going, maybe twice a year, once we know what our sanitation program is, how it affects what our challenges are, then we can relax a little bit and not have to be on top of it. But my, my recommendation to the industry is Try to monthly be looking at that system, running that water out, pouring you know, pouring water out of the water line. See what it's looking like. How's it going? And as we see performance coming in line, then we can adjust our assessment program so it's not eating up a lot of time. There are some strategies that that folks can implement to improve their animals' water quality. What are some of the benefits of some of those strategies? Well, probably one of the number one benefits is. Again, we're controlling those pathogens that new animals in barns are so vulnerable to. The E. coli's, the staph, strep, salmonella, bordetella. Oh my goodness, the turkey industry knows better than anybody how important it is to keep their water sanitation program consistent and effective. I just heard recently about two operations, more or less sister operations. One was doing fantastic. The other was just doing horrible. Well, when they started digging in, the fantastic operation had a very good water sanitation program across all of their production facilities. The one that was struggling, not so much. So they started focusing on that and there was dividends to be paid in yeah, money saved because the animals were performing in a realistic manner. So Susan, what are some common solutions then to help disinfect animal drinking water supply? Number one, clean the system. When there are no animals present, do a good thorough cleaning of the water system and make sure, and there's lots of products that are available out there for that. We've just got to assess to make sure we're picking the right product Leave, using it the right, appropriate strength and leaving it in the system long enough to do a good job of removing that biofilm. And when we're flushing out that concentrated product, we have to make sure that the water coming in behind it, replacing it, has a sanitizer level that's appropriate for the animals to be consuming. That is a huge part of a successful water sanitation program is cleaning it, and then making sure there's some sanitizer pressure staying in that water. And then a good, if nothing else, at least starting our animals on good, clean, sanitized water. That's huge. And then in time, if we know we've got some stress points in our production cycles, we're going to, and we have to maybe use some animal health products, 
we're going to make sure that we're cleansing that system after those products so that they don't promote or allow biofilm to reestablish. Because again, very quickly, biofilm can insult a sanitized, clean system. And we've been able to prove, you know, very quickly E. coli can then get established in that biofilm. So good sanitation programs, very important. Any final thoughts as we wrap up here today that you would like to leave our audience with? Well, I think the most important final thought is it doesn't have to be complicated and it doesn't have to be expensive to make it right. If we know what's in our water, we can choose appropriate tools to maintain good quality water. And it's important. It, again, it, I, can't give, I can't say if you do X, you're going to get Y benefits. But I've seen in my 25 plus year now career, I've, even after retirement, I continue to do water. I still see so many success stories of operations clean up their system, get good water quality going, whether it's swine, poultry, dairy, and they reap the benefits. So a little bit of sanitizer cost can have multifold reward in a production facility. Thank you for your time, Dr. Watkins. Great information and insight for poultry producers looking to better understand the importance of good water quality for their flocks. You can hear more from Dr. Watkins and many other experts for free at the Virtual Kemen Intestinal Health Symposium. Sessions are now available for on-demand viewing. Register and access today at www.kemen.com backslash symposium. I'm Sarah Muirhead, and you've been listening to Feedstuffs in Focus. If you would like to hear more conversations about some of the big issues affecting the livestock, poultry, grain, and animal feed industries, subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast channel, including Apple and Google Podcasts. Until next time, have a great day, and thank you for listening.